everyone, Steve here. I guess I should announce to you all when I'm going to take a break, but frankly, I wasn't expecting to take a break. I just got busy this summer. Went on a couple trips. I spent a ton of time hiking. Knocked out the most 14ers of any summer with five. I'm trying to get one more done before uh, before it gets to be too cold and windy and it gets too dangerous up there. 14ers, if you don't know, are uh, mountains above 14,000 feet here in Colorado. It's it's an experience. I, I freaking love it. It's it, it's food for my soul. And I also spent a ton of time working with Kay. We slightly redesigned the logo and we created a Holy Smokes online store. You all have been asking for it for so long. We finally got it done. So we have t-shirts, hats, stickers, ladies tank tops, and more stuff is coming. Planning on hoodies, polos, um, button-down shirts, cigar accessories, bourbon whiskey glasses. It's, it's cool. We're really excited. We're going to be integrating it into the main website. But until then, you can go to holy-smokes-club.myshopify.com. That's holy smokes club with dashes in between the words dot myshopify.com. Uh, there's a link in the show notes too. It's way easier. Just go to the show notes, click on the link. To be honest, I kind of like taking the summer off though. Last year was purely out of necessity with the death of my wife, Elizabeth. And this summer I've logged probably the most miles hiking of any summer in my entire life. I kind of like taking the time off and focusing on the most important things in my life. I, I got a couple interviews done as people were in town. So those are in the can, ready to go. And I have a bunch more scheduled in the coming weeks. And I hope to get a trip logged to visit a chapter before the end of the year. So thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for being part of the community. Love you all. So this episode uh, is one that uh, I recorded when I was in Denton with Jeff Oliver. And we talked about Spurgeon. I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. I wasn't quite sure if I should make this a Patreon-only thing or what, but I just decided to just throw it into the feed and give it to you all. So, hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the Holy Smokes podcast with an extra back with Jeff Oliver to talk much more about the Prince of Preachers, who has probably the single greatest quote about cigars that I have ever heard in my entire life. What is it, Jeff? I've got several, actually, but you're probably thinking of something like I plan to smoke this cigar to the glory of God before I go to bed tonight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting the way that came about, too, is that he had a visiting preacher in his church. It was uh, The last name was Pentecost, but not Dwight Pentecost, who a lot yeah. of people would know. A different one with the last name Pentecost. And the American preacher was preaching against the evils of society, one of those being smoking. And he was saying how terrible it was for a Christian. And I guess he didn't know his host very well. And Charles Spurgeon is sitting in the congregation listening to that. Spurgeon gets up at the end and to finish off what that pastor had said. And uh, he says, well, I suppose some people think differently than others. <laughs> but, and then he says the line, I plan to smoke a cigar to the glory of God before bed tonight. <laughs> we talked a little bit about who he was and where Charles Spurgeon came from, but is there any, I guess probably recap that for the listeners. Okay. He, he grew up in his grandfather's home and uh, his, his grandfather was a preacher. He had this great library 
of books and Charles, young Charles would just read those and understood pretty deeply the tenets of the faith, just the, the doctrines. And he was um, convinced of his need for a savior, but wasn't really there yet and realized that he hadn't come to that point of faith yet. But one morning, it was a snowy morning. I guess his church was closed or maybe he couldn't get to it. He said he walked as far as he could in the snowstorm and went down this country lane to a primitive Methodist church and uh, heard preaching. It was not great preaching, but it was pointed right at him within the dozen people who were there in the church that day. And uh, he said it, it could have been looking right at him and, and only him that uh, this you know, rookie preacher said, look unto Christ and be saved. You know, you're, he says, look at you, son, you're miserable in life. You'll be miserable in death if you don't come to faith right now. And, you know, come to faith, look to Jesus and be saved. And he said from that day on, he just had a different outlook. He he said, I, I walked home and it could have been a sunny day. He just, he, all the, the snow on the ground that would kept him from going to his usual church. He said it was just bright and he just saw a new perspective. Mm. And so from then on, really a life of service and working himself to exhaustion most of the time. I've read his daily schedule or his weekly schedule. It's just writing and preaching and writing some more. And it was nonstop. He just didn't stop working for getting the, the word of God out and making it understandable to people. Married kids? He was married. He had a two, I think two boys. His wife was devoted to him, was a you know, his right hand. I mean, he was very much connected to her. He also, because of that schedule he worked, and it's amazing to me because of the volume of sermons that there are, that he wasn't preaching week in, week out, 52 weeks a year, because about three or four months of the year, he had to rest. He, he, was, he had bouts of depression, mm. um, sometimes months worth. And so he would go, he had a place in the south of France that was uh, his retreat. And he would go spend months there, take his personal secretary, and I'm sure he, he still wrote and uh, prepared for things, but he would take months off at a time mm. to recharge. Now, back then, there was this real... You had the temperance movement that was really gaining steam and a lot of trying to separate from the ills of society. There mm -hmm. wasn't really an understanding of what alcoholism was, and there wasn't really an understanding of, you know, that sort of stuff. Smoking was looked down upon. Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't realize that, you know, there were pockets, or was it even bigger than I thought, of, you know, preachers like Spurgeon who would imbibe in a good cigar and enjoy the finer things in life. Yeah, I think he looked at it, I mean, of course he enjoyed it, but he looked at it somewhat medicinally too. I mean, he he smoked, um, there's uh, documentation of him smoking, as he said, a half a cigar <laughs> on the way to church in the morning before he was supposed to preach to get his throat ready. Mm. And then he would have, uh, sometimes it was which intrigues me quite a bit, like a cayenne pepper infused vinegar, which is like Tabasco, right? Mm -hmm. So I would love that. But sometimes it was a, a little shot of whiskey or rum that he would do in order to get his voice right. Mm. Uh, but then there were other times I'm sure he didn't need to speak somewhere and he still smoked something and he drank something. Mm -hmm. And so for him, it was, it was just very natural and it was something he enjoyed. It was something he realized that in moderation he could do. 
And yeah, temperance, you know, there were people who said, well, you shouldn't be doing that. And uh, this woman said that she wondered if he was smoking too much. He said, well, if I, ma'am, if I smoke too much, then I'll stop. And she said, what do you consider too much? He said, I, I think that's smoking two cigars at the same time. <laughs> so he, he answered those kind of things with great uh, humor. <laughs> what are some of the other quotes about cigars that he's known for? There's this one story that I love. I'm so glad you said that, is that he was supposed to spend the day with the young seminary students. He had begun a seminary, even though he never went to seminary. There's a whole story there, but he was intending to and was supposed to meet the headmaster of the seminary. And uh, they were in the same house, but the, the housekeeper never told each other that the other person was in, the, in another part of the house. And so they never met for their appointment. Mm. <laughs> so knowing that and trying to develop a school for young preachers, these young men were supposed to meet with him that morning, and that was their day out. That was their time out with the president of the seminary. So they were supposed to spend time, and he showed up early in the morning and, and got down from his carriage, and uh, he looks around, and, and all the young men are there with pipes and cigars lit up. And he says, gentlemen, are you not ashamed to be smoking so early? And they started putting pipes and cigars out. I mean, just everything just disappeared. And he waited a moment, took out his cigar and lit up. <laughs> One, I think, very brave young man said, sir, didn't you say you objected to smoking? He said, no, sir, I did not. I simply asked if you were ashamed. And it appears that you were, because you've all put them out. <laughs> I love it. Just the, the personality that, that that story shows. I love that. Now, it wasn't just this visiting preacher that we talked about earlier, last name Pentecost, that he had had some public disagreements hmm. with cigars over, but also another very famous preacher, right? Uh, D.L. Moody? Oh, yeah. You know, what I know of Moody is his um, altar calls and that kind of thing that, that uh, were just coming around because it was more of the entertainment and showman type mentality that was coming alive then. And so the, the altar call thing, I think, was it didn't resonate with Spurgeon at all, didn't think that was appropriate. And so, yeah, I don't know much about that relationship with him and Moody, just that they didn't really see eye to eye. There was one story that I read where D.L. Moody was preaching about the ill, uh, kind of like that, the ills of society. And, and he particularly had, you know, chastised tobacco. Hmm. And when Spurgeon's turn came up, he basically said, I'll put down my tobacco or my cigar when you put down your fork, basically, because <laughs> D.L. Moody was a big dude. Right. And, and he was basically saying, gluttony is in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Tobacco isn't. That's right. Yeah. So any other stories? Yeah, not that I can think of right away. I mentioned that one. It's interesting that he never went to seminary. But there was a reason for that, and he walked away from that, um, thinking that he should still pursue some kind of higher education. And then he, he just says, you know, he was praying on his way to another speaking engagement one day and just felt the Lord say, no, basically remain in the situation in which you were called. I mean, that's got a different context, but he just felt that in his mind. And he said, no, I feel like that would be neglecting the people who are already in my charge 
now and uh, it'd be neglecting the care of that church. Mm-hmm. So I'll just dig in and be with those people and care for those people and do what God has sent me to do here. Mm. So without pursuing that. So I think it was you talking, maybe it was on a Zoom call that we did, one of those virtual holy smokes right at the beginning of the pandemic. You had a cool story about his cigar case. Yeah, well, a lot of people who, you know, again, the the more legalistic of us (laughs) would say, um, well, you know, Spurgeon might have smoked cigars at one point, but he he quit. You know, and there's there is a story of that his face and his name were, was used in a in an advertisement. Then you know, smoke the cigars that Spurgeon smokes, and so it was like, well, we're not really we don't really talk too much about that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the uh, the reason that he quit smoking because of something like that. And they said no, that really can't be the case. And I I'm just from what I know, the, of what was found on him at his death, he had a cigar case there that would have held four cigars, and it had two full cigars and one half-smoked cigar right up until his last day. So I don't think he ever gave it up. Mm. Do you know where that's at, that case is? It is kept in the Spurgeon Center at Midwestern Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm. And they've got a whole, his library, his office, everything set up just like he had it. And they've, they've got all of his you know personal effects and all those things that, that they've found in some of his clothes and, and that cigar case and other things in the display cases. But just, I've got to make it up there sometime and see that. Uh, that would be a very cool trip. Yeah. So, Jeff Oliver, thanks for this insight into Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. yeah. 